0: Welcome, everybody, to the
1: X Factor Podcast.
0: I'm your fearless leader. Actually, I'm your stressed out and anxiety um, induced leader. Our fearless leader is over there, and his name is John Rennie. JohnSRennie.com. Go there and subscribe to his newsletter. You won't be disappointed. How, How are about you, Coach Grove?
1: That was good. Perfect.
0: I'm Just good to- too. This is episode 16, Parker,
1: yes. 16 outstanding. You know how
0: I know that folks during our pre-production meeting, our, our uh, show producer, the DFE down there, if you're looking on YouTube, actually finally tells me the freaking episode number before we hit record. How about that? The kid is earning his keep, John. He's Absolutely hitting his, he's hitting his stride. He's got uh, he's got some reps. Yeah, got some what, what that there. tells me is I think that we will now see the meteoric rise of our podcast here it comes. because the DFE, our show producer, is hitting his stride. If Absolutely. I were other podcast producers, I'd be very nervous right about now. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: Because he's all gas, no brakes. Joe Rogan, here we come. We're coming after you. You got young Jamie. We got young Parker. There's no. Janie, do
0: you hear that? Do you hear do you hear footsteps? Yeah, that's Parker.
1: That's Parker
0: coming for the job. Tailgating you. About to pass you. He's drafting you. Conserving energy. He's gonna blow right by you. About the off the top the rope, you were warned. Don't say we didn't warn you. I'm jumping on the ladder. Yeah. Right off the top rope. Come on. You know the people's elbow? Yeah. That's he doesn't. Coming. He doesn't have the people's elbow. No. He um is the DFE's forearm. I like he, it. He just like will clothesline you. He uses it like a like a club and just whips it around. It's it's that that arm. Show them your guns, Parker. Show uh, the I listeners your the, the of- people watching on YouTube your guns. Awesome. come on let's do it yeah, that, fo- that forearm is no, illegal it's illegal in 16 states yeah i can't I can't show it there's he's certain three states there's certain borders he's not allowed to cross over into i think kentucky um the appalachia part of west virginia you're not allowed in where else uh florida florida man yeah disney wish, florida yeah. man wishes he were as crazy as dfe so, um, we're gonna give him a big ego now. We gotta sh- change yeah. the subject. <laughs> so, uh, I do need to shift gears. We're joking around a little, yeah. Uh, I need to shift gears. I've got um, a major announcement I need to make. Let's hear it. And, um, I'm not kidding about this. Um, I, I think that I've been wrong for 16 weeks. That's like four months almost. It
1: almost is, yeah.
0: It's not quite 17 weeks. It's a little more than 15, if I'm not mistaken.
1: 100%.
0: I've been wrong about I, something. And I you have to. You know, two. our
1: show, we have certain rules.
0: Yes. And, 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 all right, and the mic's coming off of the stand here. Oh. We're about to get some religion. Here it comes. We have certain rules on this show, right? We have levels of listenership, P1, P2, P3. Preset one, preset two, preset three. You want to be a P1. That's one of the rules. We want you to to ascend up the hierarchy of listenership. Another rule we have is um, Parker's not allowed to speak unless spoken to. I'm just kidding, Parker. Uh, the DFA is free reign of the show. Another The other rule is no free shout outs. No free shout outs. Yeah. So we do have show sponsors uh, and we do not shout out other things for free unless there are other things my merch chinupchestout.com shout out to the sweatshirt the hat i'm wearing the sign behind me um john rennie's books i have the watch and uh all in the same boatbook.com our newsletters the different um beyond
1: stadiumstatus.com?
0: yes the different uh, product the different product offerings in our respective product suites and i think that given the fact that we are existing in uh I will, I will use the term unprecedented times even though i hate it uh and there are so many small businesses that were fragile before the pandemic and are really uh hanging on by very thin thread or maybe are on life support right now that we can break my no free shout out rule and what I want to extend to small business owners, self-employed individuals uh, with a product or service made in America, um, family businesses. And it doesn't matter if you're local to where John Parker, I live, you're a national company. It doesn't matter. You're an American who's self-employed, and has a small business that has been hurt by the pandemic. You know, it could be a restaurant that's been hurt by the uh, no indoor dining thing. It could be someone's production line that has been hurt by social distancing. And you had to invest a ton in infrastructure and logistics and and spacing people out at their workstations even further and plastic screens and things, whatever it is. Uh, Share your story with us. Uh, You can email the show. And, you know, we're going to curate these stories. We're going to do our, uh, you'll be vetted a little bit. We're going to do our due diligence and we're going to give some shout outs. And we're going to feature some of these businesses because it's something we can do to help. And, you know, each of us are small business owners and we're the little guys, uh, just like, just like everyone else. And I'd be lying if I told you my business hasn't been adversely impacted by the pandemic. You know, my business model is a lot like a musician. Uh, i i tour i do book tours speaking tours and that tends to be my best lead generation helps me sell books sell merch um get coaching clients and the inability to tour is really uh put a damper on that so i feel for where everyone's coming from with this uh, regardless of the industry you're in parker the show email address again please where people can write in share their story yes so if You want to send in anything? It's the X Factor Podcast at gmail.com. The X Factor Podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. And uh, I have one business that I would like to give a shout out to right now. Uh, But first, John, the show itself
1: is brought to you by who? Our friends, where? Our friends at Bottom Gun Coffee, the Bottom Gun Coffee. Bottomguncoffee.com. They're a coffee company. It's veteran owned and operated here in the United States. And it's operated by uh, submarine veterans. So that's where the term bottom gun comes from. That's sort of a nickname in the submarine community. Uh, we are not the fancy guys flying around in fighter jets. We were the guys under the ocean, guys and gals now, under the ocean, uh, keeping our country safe. Bottom gun coffee. It's uh, what I drink every day. Love the stuff. And I love the people at Bottom Gun. Great, great company, small company. And uh, again, go there and um, support them and uh, because they support the show.
0: And they're small business owners, you know, uh, Walmart, Scamazon, they don't need to get any richer off of everyone's backs. You know, they're doing just fine through this pandemic. Others aren't. So if you can buy local, if you see something for sale, like one of John's books or one of my books is for sale on Amazon, don't buy it there. Buy it on our website, right? The
1: royalties are better. The margins are better. Absolutely. I, and the other thing is that we, we're connected at that point. So we know, you know, you know me, I know you, and uh, we have a personal connection. Plus you can't get a sign for at least my case. You can't get a signed copy right. of my book unless you come to my my website com. so imagine. you can buy it on amazon if you want but you know you get a better experience if you come through me
0: imagine how much that signed copy will be worth folks when john's dead <laughs> i mean the book costs how much 12.99
1: it's 12.99
0: okay so it's 12.99 a signed copy while he's alive is probably worth a good solid $13, right? On a good day. After he's dead, that might jump up to a
1: 20 spot. See that? Yeah. It's better than Bitcoin. Yeah.
0: At this point, anything's better than Bitcoin. So um, what I did want to highlight, and this is our first business that uh, uh, the X Factor podcast is giving a shout out to. um, A free shout out. Free shout out. Free yeah, shout out. Listen, this isn't, um, first of all, understand this, everyone and everyone considering writing in uh, on someone's behalf, on your own behalf. This isn't like, uh, you know, this isn't charity. We're not doing this because we feel sorry for you. You know, we're doing this because it's Americans helping other Americans. It's small business owners, which John and I are, yep. uh, who want to support other small business owners. Yep. And that's what I always do anyway. I try not to shop at big box anywhere. You know, I go to my local hardware store when I need another screwdriver, a box of deck nails or whatever, you know. Um, I shop at, I, you know, I, we dine at local restaurants, not at big chains. So this is not charity, this is us simply helping spotlight others who during this time could use the support. And um, with that in mind, you know what sort of inspired me to do this is there is a, um, a chef that I'm friends with on social media, shout out, uh, Chef Andrew Gruel. I hope I didn't butcher the pronunciation of your last name. He uh, is originally from New England, went to college, uh, right up the road at Bates College here in Maine and you know, in Slapfish Grill out in uh, California, near Los Angeles and owns a pizza place out there. He um, had jumped through every hoop that their brilliant governor, Gavin Newsom has asked restaurateurs to jump through with regard to indoor dining, social distancing, outdoor dining, takeout, you know, all of that. And their indoor dining got shut down completely. And, you know, he's impacted by that personally, he and his family. But instead of just worrying about himself, he created a fund to help others in the restaurant industry, servers, wait staff, bartenders, um, small restaurants. And he's raised over a million dollars with this fund. And I was inspired by what he's doing. And I saw him retweet a young lady named Alexis Wheeler. And Alexis is a college student who is trying to help her mother and grandmother who own a spaghetti sauce company. Small family business. It's Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce. Today, it's being brought to you by, I'll let you answer.
2: (laughs) Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And that is available where, Alexis?
2: It is available on Etsy and stores up north.
0: And you can go to mimisgourmetpastasauce.com. We're going to talk to Alexis Wheeler and Kelly West, two thirds of Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce about what they're doing and how the pandemic has impacted them. Uh, If you want the really short version of what I want you to do as you're listening to this podcast and you just decide you don't have time to continue to listen, I want you to just go to brew.news slash Mimi and buy some of their pasta sauce Now, Kelly, tell us uh, tell us a little bit of the uh, the background story of the genesis of Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce, and then we'll dive into sort of uh, what the last eleven months have been like for you guys.
2: Okay, my mom always made fantastic sauce, and uh, my husband came over, my ex husband, and he tried it at my mom's house, and he said, "Oh my God, this is so good!" And I said, "I know it's great, isn't it?" My mom you know, makes it. And I guess he went and told his mom, she called me one of the recipe. And, but the very next day, cause I always buy women's rule. There was an article in there, how to be a food entrepreneur. So I contacted score cause I thought oh, I'll just market my mom's sauce. And when I was about to go to the meeting I said, Hey mom, I need that recipe. She goes, what recipe? I just take a jar and add to it. And I said, Oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm, you know, going to meet these guys. And, so i kept on meeting them. they said things that were over my head and uh, i just started experimenting with uh sauce and uh spices and i came up with something that i thought was fabulous and but i did try to find a co-packer and it took a while uh it seems like i i had to sue one because she scanned me out of money And then I finally found one out of Indianapolis and I used him for two years. And then I was luckily able to use one here locally in Evansville. The first, actually, I went to him first and he kind of laughed and he said, "Uh, you need to do your homework. I'll tell you what, I'm going to send you to this guy that's uh, over food and science at Purdue University. So I said, okay. So we went up there, we took some classes and we- This is what year? this was in 2007. Okay. So I uh, took those classes and then I tried to find a co-packer somewhere else. And then uh, I did find one in Indianapolis. That didn't work out. For two years, we used them. And then luckily, I was able to use that co-packer that first helped me because they're just really big. I don't think they wanted to mess with me at first.
0: Yeah, that's the challenge, isn't it? It's a lot of when you start a business, it's a lot of trial and error, and uh, you know sometimes the the only you know vendor you can get isn't necessarily the vendor you want, and so much entrepreneurship's experiment, you know. So you spend a couple of years experimenting, finding the right people to partner with, and and then what happened once you kind of got rolling with that.
2: Well, I, my first store was, uh, Schnucks. I just happened to go in there and, uh, I talked to the manager and a month later I was in Schnucks grocery store locally and I just, and I was in the paper. So that helped and it just started selling and selling. So I just started getting into all these stores and it was amazing i thought oh my god this is great you know this is so easy to get in this these grocery stores but it wasn't you know down the line it wasn't it was really hard so everything i have done i've done on my own i've had no help whatsoever i used to own a cookie route so i was the distributor now i use three distributors i'm in schnook's warehouse so i don't have to go around to the grocery stores anymore but uh, with that you know we just got into walmart and i don't want to get kicked out so i thought yep. we got to pump it up because i worked too hard just to let them go there's no way
0: what's been the challenge since uh the whole world got thrown this crazy curveball um known as the pandemic
2: yeah we were so excited because we got with it did a distributor that services the C stores at Indiana University, Ball State, Michigan, Ohio, some major big universities. And I was about to meet him and then this happened and they had to hold off on it. And he said, well, we'll do it in the fall. Hopefully everything will calm down in one fall.
0: So this is like last February and then they were looking towards this fall.
2: Yes. So I caught him in the fall and he said, we're going to have to hold off again and uh so i that was huge for us also yeah so we couldn't get into that and i had already made a run for them Mm -hmm. so i was like what am i gonna do because it was a pizza sauce so i just got it into the grocery stores because i didn't want to set on product
0: sure yeah, no one can afford to sit on inventory at, at this point. What have you learned and what's your advice to someone else in the same situation? Because this isn't really the first time you've gone through something like this. 9-11 hit, you closed down one business, which was a travel agency, you pivoted. And um, you know what would you tell someone else?
2: Like Alexis said, I, since last March, I worked three jobs to support my business. And I haven't went back to the other two. I've just been focusing on my business, but never give up. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Just never just move forward as much as you can. Yeah.
0: And that information is available at meaniesgourmetpastasauce.com. Um, and they're out of uh, Illinois, I, I believe Evansville, Illinois area. And, you know, they're in local retailers in their tri-state area, but they're also, you uh, uh available you know their sauce is available for sale online uh and and the way i prefer to support people whether it's a musician and i'm buying their music or a um a product that i buy that you might be able to pick up on the shelves of a walmart or a grocery store i prefer to buy direct whenever i can why do you think that is john
1: well, that' because the margins are always better, right? Yeah. There's no middleman; you're going right exactly. to the source. Yeah, absolutely. So um,
0: they, you know, they're available at a lot of retailers, Walmart, and some other places. But um, their e-commerce shop is on Etsy, where you can buy direct from them. It is a rather long, cumbersome link, so I created a link shortener. If you want to go support this awesome gourmet pasta sauce, and it's no more expensive than uh, any of your other sauce you've typically gotten. It's just a heck of a lot better. And you're supporting a family business. You can go to brew.news backslash Mimi. That's brew.news backslash Mimi, which is spelled M-I-M-I. And brew is spelled B-R-U, brew.news. That's my personal link shortener. And that'll redirect you right to their Etsy page. You can order there. I believe. Um, yep. That, yeah,
1: it's working. I just put put one in my cart, and uh, and I have just ordered it. Sweet and spicy,
0: easy. gourmet yeah. pasta sauce. It's all natural. It's. Um, I just ordered a whole bunch of it, and I. Uh, I love the fact that it's run by a mother and a daughter and the granddaughter who's a college student is working like heck to promote her mom and her grandmother's business and try and help them make it through this pandemic. And she's using social media to do it. So Andrew retweeted her tweet, um, and just said, you know, let, let's all buy some. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support them and I encourage you to do the same. So when I saw that, not only did I go buy some, but I got to thinking, you know how Andrew created this fund for you know, people who are hurting in the hospitality industry? Well, What I want to do is I want to do free shout outs for business owners uh, who are hurting during this pandemic. And I also want to challenge um, my other podcasters that I know. So, you know, we're going to try and create this ripple effect. John and Parker and I talked about this. We're going to create a ripple effect where we're going to challenge other podcasters who, you know, we're not telling you to, to, to give a freebie out uh, and, you know, remove a paid sponsor to add a free shout out. You can add a free shout out wherever you want. You don't have a programming clock. This isn't traditional radio. Just add somebody to help them out. And you know, um, I think this is a great business to support. They've been around uh, for over a decade and I'd like to see them stick around, so. And who doesn't
1: need spaghetti sauce, right? Yeah. Everybody needs spaghetti sauce. You use it all the time. Exactly. So, so why not get spaghetti sauce from help, and help a family instead of buying oh, a, ragu? Oh you, don't,
0: oh, you don't eat spaghetti? Okay, then what are you gonna dip your mozzarella sticks in?
1: Exactly marinara go buy some thank you yeah it's that easy simple so, easy peasy i just did it while we were live on the show i've ordered some it's coming to my house of course my wife will wonder what why do we have spaghetti sauce coming in the mail it's because blame it on me i co- blame it on coach Bruda. Yeah. so
0: yeah shout out to mimi's gourmet pasta sauce you can go to brew.news slash mimi it'll take you to their etsy shop and i encourage you to not only support them but uh, also help spread the word. And if you don't have money to spend on spaghetti sauce, do this, just pay it forward and just spread the word.
1: Share Absolutely. that information. Absolutely. We'll put links in the show notes. You'll see those links and uh, click on there, buy some spaghetti sauce and support this, uh, this small business and, and keep listening to this podcast because you're supporting our small business by doing it.
0: Exactly. exactly. And maybe, yeah. maybe even if, uh, if you're a P1 listener, then uh, maybe we could even give away some of this uh, spaghetti sauce. There you go. It's easy to Perfect. shift. Yep. yep. Perfect. So uh, that that's what I got for you. Love uh, it. Where I'm admitting I made a mistake and we should have been doing these shout outs, you know, small business, supporting other small business for the last 16 weeks. I dropped the ball and uh, I'm willing to accept whatever retribution is coming my way. If you guys want to punish me,
1: I can only think of one punishment, but that's usually for us when you wear your mankini. So we won't do that.
0: Yeah, we'll just uh, just re- just, we'll just let it go. Comments. first we'll them in the comments, and we'll uh, that'll, be, that'll be good And the show topic today, you are probably all chomping at the bit, wondering yeah. what what this episode has in store for you. And today is all about X Factor. Uh, well, before I tell you exactly what it's about, ah. it's kind of like spaghetti and sauce. Ah. Peanut butter and jelly.
1: Yes. Laverne Fish and,
0: and chips. Laverne, Laverne and-
1: Shirley. Starsky and Parker. Hutch. What? <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> wow <laughs> that was great he got
0: a 70s television pop culture reference wow i'm really impressed is there wait, was there a remake of that show oh it could have been i don't yeah, know that's the only reason he got it he he's he heard exactly. of the remake he probably thinks the remake is the original <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick and see if there is pretty sure sure there is
1: but we're talking so about
0: we're talking about collaborations. John, we're talking about
1: collaborations what? world-class x-factor Collaborations.
0: absolutely, freaking And some of the best collaborations come from the most unlikely places. Yes. And sometimes those things completely revolutionize and change not just an entire industry, but several industries. As is the case with, uh, and this is the part where Parker should cue up some like su- super su- suspenseful music or drum roll sound effect. If you can't see, he's uh, making the little uh, drum roll sound effect hand Ins- gestures, like he has, here. yeah, like he has drums in his hand. Um, so, in my case, the X Factor collaboration I want to share with you is from the music industry. Specifically, um, it's a mashup. It is a mashup that brought hip hop music into mainstream culture uh, as it previously never was. It's and probably that- like the
1: first mashup ever, right? Wasn't it? It's it, got to be one of the yeah. first ever.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. This is like we're talking 1986. Yeah. Yeah. So, Parker, you weren't even a little glimmer in your parents' eyes back in '86. John, where were you in 1986? I was at engineering school. In- I was three clicks south of Da Nang. I saw some stuff I can't even begin to share with you and the listeners, Baker. No. No. Nope.
1: I was in. You Worcester. weren't in Nam? I was in Worcester, Worcester, Mass. Where
2: studying did you engineering. Go to
1: Worcester Polytech. That's where my daughter
0: wants to uh, to tour this spring. She's going to apply there.
1: Well, I can help her out. I know a lot about it.
0: Sweet. So in 86, you were at WPI. Yes. In 1986, I was a sophomore in high school at Mercersburg Academy.
1: Oh, and
0: um, I liked two things. I liked peanut butter and I liked chocolate. But I never, ever thought to take my piece of Hershey bar and dip it into a scoop of peanut butter and eat it together. I like two other things. I like rap music and I liked rock and roll. But I never, ever thought I would say I like a hip hop band or hip hop artists performing with a rock band together. Until I heard Run DMC and Aerosmith perform Walk This Way, 1986. This way. And that song. was the, the peanut butter and chocolate of the music industry. That and
1: song blew me away the first time I ever heard it. It was something no one had ever heard before.
0: Yeah, and it hits you right away.
1: Yeah. Like the, the opening
0: uh, sound of it is just like, whoa, it's, you know, it blows you back a bit. And what's really interesting about it is besides the fact that it changed the course of music history, um, there's quite an interesting story behind it. Uh, the original version of walk this way was featured on Aerosmith's third album, uh, which is called toys in the attic. They recorded the album, at a place called the record plant in New York city. They basically finished recording the album except for one catchy backing track. They had not yet written the lyrics for. So, um, The band member and the producer took a break, got some fresh air. They're walking around Times Square. And basically, they kind of burned a whole day. They went to the movies and saw Mel Brooks' movie, Young Frankenstein. Young Parker, you're too young to remember Young Frankenstein. But uh, Igor meets Dr. Frankenstein and said to him, walk this way. He was all hunched over as Igor was, but Dr. Frankenstein then punches over so Aerosmith and they're probably high as kites sitting in that movie theater (laughs) his drugs is kind of a common theme in their lives but they thought that was hilarious the whole young Frankenstein walking this way and taking him very literally instead of figuratively hey come over here walk this way so anyway um, that became the chorus of that song and that's how that became the chorus of the song Um, and if you listen to it it was really kind of like pre-rap rap as uh, as is often referred to. It's got like hip hop sort of rhythm in in a peculiar way, uh, the way Steven Tyler, their lead singer, performed it. So anyway, um, Aerosmith was kind of, you know, on the tail end of their career at that point. They're fading, you know, they're uh, beyond the back nine, so to speak, as the saying goes. And um, I'm not really sure exactly who got credit for it, but the person that seems to get the most credit is a uh, famous kind of music super producer, Rick Rubin. And Rubin was um, uh, in New York City. Uh, he uh, went to college at NYU and somehow had the idea of kind of melding together rock and rap and thought it would be a good idea, but just didn't know, you know, who they should put Run DMC together with. And uh, somebody suggested Aerosmith. And he said, I loved Aerosmith as a kid. I listened to them back in the 70s. And he's just thinking, like, "Yeah, I don't know if those guys would do that. I don't even know if I could get to them. And he certainly did actually get to them. Uh, and it turns out they really sort of needed Run DMC more than run DMC needed them. Run DMC was on the rise, you know, with their music. And, um, so I think they both groups got kind of coaxed into doing this and, you know, um, for the sake of visibility exposure, it's going to expose your listeners or your, your brand to a new audience and it's going to expose Aerosmith's brand to a new audience. So, um, they go in studio and they show up on time. They're all ready to go. And Aerosmith's a little late. You know, they're stepping in and out of the studio to, to get high and do drugs and stuff. And run DMC is really like at that point, kind of getting pissed off. Like we're here to work and you guys are screwing around. Um, you're not particularly sober. You're not taking this seriously. Like, are we going to do this or what? Otherwise you're wasting our time. They're ready to walk. And Aerosmith quickly realized, like, these guys mean business. They're serious. um, And we actually need them more than they need us. So, yeah, I guess we ought to get back in studio and knock this thing out. And as a result of that, it became just this this huge thing that took on a life of its own and started really uh, its popularity. It was like college radio initially Uh, because kids tend to be, uh, and you listen, like today, they're really, people don't listen to albums, people don't have like a genre, they have all sorts of different genres, you know, on their playlist, and that's kind of where college kids have always been, they like lots of different influences, so that's really where it got traction, and then it just sort of became mainstream from there, and it really exploded both brands. And that's the X factor. Yeah. uh, Business lesson is um, you can spend all your time competing or you can spend
1: your time collaborating. Absolutely. My, I have a friend of mine, Jeff Aiken, he's got a podcast then but he he talks about it a win 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 situation where you know you win your brand wins that brand wins but but in this case it's a third thing wins and that is you create an entire new genre of music and that didn't exist before so there's a whole nother win there is that there's a now an industry for that there's a customer base for that so when you can when you can create an x factor uh, collaboration like this you create this triple win scenario that is uh, and it's just you know being being an older guy and being around when that came out, I had never heard of Run DMC. I'd heard of Aerosmith, I'd heard their music. I knew Walk This Way, but when I heard it done with Run DMC, you know, it was one of those things like, oh, that's the way that song should have been from from day one. It was, you know, and now I can't listen to the old version. I can only listen to the Run DMC version of it because that seems to be the way to listen to that song.
0: Even when I hear, when I play the old version, yeah in my mind, I'm hearing the collaboration. Right, right. I like, go oh, exactly. here's where you know Run-DMC pops in and Aerosmith fades out. And yeah, uh, you can't not hear the collaboration once you've heard it. And yeah, Rick Rubin was actually producing Run-DMC's third album, Raising Hell, at the time. And he wanted uh, one song. He didn't want a whole album that would just kind of like sound so different that it would kind of disenfranchise their existing audience or be really like way off brand. You just wanted one track that would be so different, it would expose them to new audience. And I think there's another lesson there. You don't want to completely change your core value proposition with what you're doing. You want to add strategically one new element, one new offering in your product suite, and see what the audience response is. See if that brings you new audience members. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, it with you someone think, else collaborate with. It. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you think about small businesses now, you know, it's a tough time for small business. We've been talking about that, but is there an opportunity to collaborate with another small business in your area or in, in the market itself, you know, combining your product with another, you might be the best peanut butter company in the world. You might want to collaborate with the best jelly company in the world and create some sort of combination uh, or collaboration so you you know open yourself up to these ideas
0: fun fact you know how much aerosmith was paid to do this i don't know this answer no eight grand oh eight thousand eight thousand dollars (laughs) to go in the studio and do that wow wow it kind of Once they got in the booth, Run DMC started ad-libbing and making their own lyrics. Like they weren't just singing straight off the lyrics um, to the original. which Steven Tyler, I think, was the writer on it. But um, they added their own flair and their own style to it, which made it so much better.
1: Absolutely, and no, and, and they, I referred,
0: they refer to the original lyrics as the original lyrics as hillbilly gibberish, country bumpkin <laughs> bullshit. To quote <laughs> Run of Run DMC.
1: And now, uh, what I understand it when Aerosmith plays it live, they play more of the version that they yeah. did together than the original version because they like what came out of that. I Love
0: it. It's almost kind of like uh, if you fast forward to like the two thousands, early two thousands, in two thousand eight a massive song came out really popular and it's called numb encore by jay-z and lincoln park yep have y'all heard that yes yeah and like jay-z at the time was like he was blown up or i mean he had been i mean he'd been blown up for a while i mean he was he was big and lincoln park early 2000s really took off as well so it was kind of like pretty similar there have been a couple really good ones like that, like Nelly played uh, or rapped on Cruise with Florida Georgia Line.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And again, and that was the better version of the song, too.
0: Absolutely. Ludacris yeah. um, uh, partnered with Jason Aldean on, uh, on Dirt Road Anthem. Mm-hmm. So you got country and rap and a couple different you know, artists partnering on that. You got rock and rap. What's the common denominator to all of these? It's rap. It's hip hop. They tend to be on the leading edge of culture. Yeah. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say something and I don't mean to, I'm not getting political, but what I will say is I think that if you want to change culture or change the way people think, the way you can influence culture way more than policy with politics or government is through the arts. It's through music. It's through comedy. It's through theater. Yep. Yeah, you wield way more cultural influence as an artist than you do as a politician. 100%.
1: Yeah.
0: As long as, you know, we don't allow cancel culture to enter things or censorship. But uh, you think about like the force of nature these guys were in shaping culture at that time in 1986. Yep. Yeah. What's your version of that going to be? Who are you going to collaborate with? That's just totally wild and outside the box. And people are going to be like, you did what? Really? And it could be a huge hit for you.
1: Yeah. So that's look my outside. challenge for
0: the audience.
1: Yeah. Look outside your four walls. Who else is, is, is killing it that you can collaborate with that may be completely outside your industry. It could be outside of your, you know, your competitor base how can you co- collaborate with them and do something that's that'll change the world?
0: I'm thinking of doing a motivational speaking tour. Once the pandemic's over with uh, Kanye.
1: Oh, beautiful. Maybe you could, you could translate. We're
0: gonna, we're, no, we're going to, it's just going to be called John. Ye. John Ye West. John Brubaker and Kanye West. I mean, John Kanye. Kind of like Brad uh, Pitt and Jennifer Anderson were uh, right. Ben. No, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Anderson
1: mm-hmm. were Benifer.
0: John Kanye. Yeah, the two of us. He'll rap. I'll
1: speak. No, you'll need a we'll you'll need a translator. The world. You'll need. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. That's awesome. In the meanwhile, I'm sitting here with you, John Rennie. Yeah. I feel so blessed.
1: Well, and I feel the same. We're, we're actually collaborating. This is actually an X-Factor collaboration right here. Two, two business leaders, two authors decided to get together and we combined it with the powers of the DFE. And we couldn't be more different, could we?
0: Same first name. Different spelling. Yeah. Very different spelling. Yeah, very different. Like what do you do with all the time in your life that you save not using an H in your first name when you sign your name or type your name? What do you do with all that free time, John? I write. Right? Mm. (laughs) That's impressive. I'm jealous. So, no, we we are kind of like the odd couple. Oscar Madison and Felix Unger.
1: Yes. Another X-Factor
0: collaboration. Another pop culture reference that Parker has no clue what we're talking about. Hold on. Let me Google that. Yeah, I have no idea john what do you got for us x-factor collaboration today oh I wanna, i'm want getting kind of hungry i need you, a snack
1: you want a snack I We want did a snack. snacks already that was our last episode with snacks but you well, know what i
0: want like i want candy
1: you want candy
0: yeah i want a candy snack
1: have you ever heard of this candy before i'm gonna show it up here for those people on youtubes on the youtubes on the bird tubes Look it's those uh, people
0: up there on the interwebs with the youtubes
1: what do you got there reese's what kind of reese's, reese's is that? that doesn't say feces that says pieces reese's pieces
0: Well i there reese's feces <laughs> oh my
1: god uh reese's pieces you ever heard of reese's pieces you ever tried them before they're pretty good they're not aren't they bad. like eminem's ugly cousin They are, they're exactly that. They're M&M's ugly cousins. And the thing is like no one had ever heard of
0: this company. No no offense, I meant that in the best way possible, Reese's.
1: Well, maybe, oh, I thought you were saying something about ugly cousins, like no offense to my ugly cousins. But that being said, so um, yeah, M&M's, everybody knew about M&M's, right? Mars Candy Company, number one, um, you know, melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Everybody knows about M&M's, right? So get this, so back in 1982, some guy- Four director... years before Run DMC and Aerosmith collaborated. Exactly, we're sticking in the 80s here, guys. This guy named Steven Spielberg, ever heard of Steven Spielberg? He decided he was going to make a movie, right? And at that point, he'd already made Jaws, and he made Close Encounters of the Third Kind, two blockbusters, right? And he was making this movie called E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Terrestrial. Not the extra testicle. Be careful there.
0: Did he have an extra testicle?
1: I don't know. And I don't want to find out. So he's, he's gonna, he's gonna create this film, right? And so the, the people that produce the film Amblin Productions.
0: Speaking of films, you know, that there's pro, you know, how like there are porn films that yeah. their names are variations on actual movies. Like instead of good morning, Vietnam, there's good moaning Vietnam. Forest I, I didn't know instead this, of going... Forest Gump. Yeah. I'm, you I'm... know there's got to be alien porn that's ET the extra testicle. Parker, <laughs> can you look that up on your Google Chrome incognito browser? <laughs> I, you I, I, know because you you started this, John Rennie. Uh,
1: you should know better. You said I'm
0: like a squirrel on crack. Well you are. So you should have known I was going to go down that road. You said it's not the ET, the extra testicle. But you should have known that, like, if you said that, where my mind might go. Is there an adult film called the extra testicle? I mean, I just, I don't know why I looked this up. I don't know. Because I asked you to and you're doing your job. (laughs) I looked up extra testicle on private browser because I'm not looking up that stuff on the regular one. But it just came up with a health line thing, like basically just saying how it's called polyorchidism.
1: Uh, we call that a win win win.
0: <laughs> wow. So, um,
1: but Parker, it, it says it's a very rare condition.
0: Uh, men with this condition are born with more than two testicles. And um, I just went to imdb.com, it's called E3. The subtitle is The Extra Testicle. Here's the description of it. The director is Ron Jeremy. It's written by Ron Jeremy. The stars are Bunny Blue, Lana Burner, Robin Cans. And then there's a full cast. Anyway, um, the uh, extraterrestrial tale of an alien in constant orbital orgasmia. After a million years in space, E3 comes to Earth for a good time. Erotic Sets and Luscious Girls Highlight This Science Fiction Comedy. We're getting cancelled. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not going to talk I about that I told today. you there would be a movie that was a variation of that title. So that's now please, the X-Factor. That's the X-Factor part of it all, right there. So, John, as we digress, let's go back. You were talking about the movie E.T. and something
1: t- had something to do with Reese's yeah. Pieces. So, yeah, so Steven Spielberg big name by this point two blockbusters under his belt already he's going to make this movie called E.T. the extra extra terrestrial right so now so, I'm in your
0: head you almost said the other one I know you
1: got me going there so so the people that the people are producing the film uh, it's called Amblin Productions they reached out because they had a scene where the main character is trying to get this you know, lovable alien out of this tool shed. And so he uses these little candies, he puts them out there, and the alien's going to eat these candies. And so they had the idea, well, why don't we actually contact the M&M company, Mars company at the time that owned M&Ms, and let's see if we can do some sort of collaboration with them, right? This could be a win-win situation. So they reach out to uh, in this case, the Mars Corporation. And, and, and at the time, John and Forrest Mars were running the company and they were notoriously cheap with their money. And uh, they said, you know, let's do this collaboration where we use M&Ms and then you'll get brand recognition and then it'll help our, our, our promote our movie. And they absolutely flatly said, no, there's no way we're going to do this for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, one, they were cheap uh, from what I can read on that. And the other thing is they didn't want uh, to there was a rumor that they didn't want their M&Ms associated with a movie about aliens because their product was Mars. I guess I'm not your really
0: company's possible. literally named after another planet that typically people associate with
1: little green men who yes. are wait for it wait for it freaking aliens Martians yeah why would you not want your brand associated with an alien It's like should- Marvin
0: the Martian from Bugs Bunny. Yeah.
1: Earth creature, take me to your leader. Earth creature. Yep, exactly. So so Mars and M&M said, nope, no way, we're not doing it. And so they said, well, what about Hershey? What do they have? And Hershey had just recently come out with a few years earlier, they came out with Reese's Pieces, which was sort of a competitor to M&M's. Kind of the same concept, candy shell, only this has got peanut butter instead of chocolate inside. And before they finished the pitch, the folks at Hershey said, Yep, absolutely, we're doing it. Absolutely, we're doing this. And it was kind of interesting what the deal was is that um, it, it wasn't that that Hershey had to pay to have their product placement. It was this, is that Hershey agreed for six weeks prior to the film coming out, they would spend a million dollars for ads for Reese's Pieces, but they would include uh, uh, E.T., The Alien, and kind of talking about the movie. So they're actually promoting themselves Together, phone home. I'm seeing the finger. If you haven't seen the yeah. movie, you won't understand that one. So for six, to so talk
0: about like getting someone else to pay for your advertising, your film too. Essentially, right? so yeah, so,
1: it's like brilliant. And, and it was, and it was a win for for Hershey because again, they they were promoting not just the film but their brand, and the combination of these two things were even better than the brand itself or the movie itself. As it turns out, ET was a was a slam dunk, right? It was considered. Uh, one of the greatest films of all time right it was actually the highest grossing film of all time and it held that record for 11 years until it was finally surpassed by jurassic park also directed by steven spielberg by the way so um so this thing was a slam dunk it won four oscars and uh and and the result of that one million dollars spent um Reese's Pieces became a global brand overnight. That product became well known. Um, There's estimates uh, up to 85 to 300% growth in sales of uh, Reese's Pieces brand recognition. And um, the marketing director at Reese's said that he thought that $1 million investment resulted in about $15 to $20 million worth of promotion for the brand. Because now when you see that movie, I had never even heard of Reese's Pieces and I, I was around during that time and I remember seeing the movie and seeing, and i like, my brain went, whoa, I love Reese's peanut butter cups A Reese's pieces must be amazing. And it must be even better than an M&M. And I, but I never even knew it existed before. And I think it just really did a lot for the brand and it grew the brand. And, uh, and it was a major investment.
0: So I couldn't agree with you more. And is this the part where I get to react?
1: It is. I think the one thing I would just share is the idea of, of thinking outside the box in in terms of how to, you know, working with somebody, you know, in this case, not in your industry, you're a candy company and a movie company approaches you. This is, you know, and you bring it together and you get that win, win, win I was talking about. So it's a great example of that same thing with Run DMC and Aerosmith. So very similar story.
0: Incredibly. And I want to remind people like, and this is where I wanted to go with it, John. We don't prep for the show together. Each episode, john brings an x-factor we just yep. decide on the topic right x-factor collaborations x-factor snacks x-factor animals x-factor bands i don't find out what he's talking about until we turn the mics on and hit record he doesn't find out what i'm talking about until we turn the mics on and hit record it is amazing if you go back and this is a subtle uh plug for you going back if you haven't heard previous episodes go back and look at the similarities. And this is how you know these brands really are X factor because it's a lot of recurring themes within the episode between the two examples we give, which we were previously unaware of the other person's example until it happened. So um, this is the first thing I want to share. The second thing is, number one, yo, Mars, yeah. scared money don't make money. Exactly. You cheapskates exactly. No offense, I mean that In the best best way possible, you cheapskates And if you want to Sponsor the X Factor podcast We would not be averse to None uh, M&M's But what we wouldn't want Are um, Peanut butter M&M's Because yeah. an interesting thing happened After Reese's Pieces Became, you know, this global Phenomenon as a result of the movie E.T magically m&m's started making peanut butter yep. m&m's yep but you know what don't taste anywhere near as good as
1: Reese's pieces they they suck actually so
0: cheapskate copycats yeah
1: that's it so you know no
0: offense i mean that in the best way best way possible
1: <laughs> yeah i just think it's kind of a cool story uh you know again it's if they put a brand it, uh on you know, in a movie. Now, of course, product placement is kind of popular, but, but, um, but back then it was really kind of an early uh, adopter of this kind of idea. And actually it's considered by a red one marketing website said it's it's considered one of the top 10 movie product placement successes in the history of movies. Uh, by the way, it's number three on the list. Let me tell you who number, uh, number one was uh, Barbara Saul in Jurassic Park. Do you remember they hid the they hid some the DNA samples in the Barbasol can. That they consider that number one. Of course, of course the movie was was a, was a blockbuster.
0: I think Barbasol was a household name. I think well so. Before that, it just kind of like yeah helped them gain more market share. It wasn't like that didn't make or break them. It just no, no, look. but it really yeah. helped
1: their brand their just yeah. brand recognition. And then then Wilson, uh, the uh, volleyball in uh, Castaway, obviously that's a pretty good placement right there but what did that
0: do for wilson volleyball sales did people really say i want to get a wilson volleyball and paint a face on it because i'm lonely maybe during know. the quarantine but i yeah. think it probably did more for reese's pieces and hershey
1: than those i, I think so too because it's something that i i associate with that movie because i remember i remember it's the yeah. first time i've ever, ever heard of that that candy before so
0: yeah so what what's cool about this is i think that um you know, as big as Spielberg's Close Encounters was, this movie really cemented his legacy. Yeah. And I would argue there might be no Jurassic Park if not for the success of E.T. Yeah, absolutely. That allowed him to take some bigger chances with even more special effects. It wasn't just one alien. It was all these di- Like, think about the the money they had to lay out and invest for that. If not for the success of E.T., you might not have Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah yeah it absolutely. might be a very different conversation the other thing i might add regarding et i think reese's pieces personally in my opinion are the third best part third best part of the movie et uh right behind the whole kind of flying in front of the moon where he's pedaling his bike in front of the moon scene yeah yeah which is second and number one is the part where drew barrymore's character calls her brother penis breath
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah it, it it is funny when you go back and watch 80s movies it was it was a gratuitous swearing just to try to yep i don't know it's not an inappropriate swearing like in in places it didn't belong yeah yeah 80s movies are famous for that and and also nudity random nudity for no reason whatsoever
0: you just described like every nicole kidman film yeah i was just thinking of slap i don't stuff. think Yeah, I don't think there's a Nicole Kidman
1: film where you don't see her naked, but anyway. um, But uh, yeah, I was just thinking of Slapshot. I watched that the other day and it was a whole scene. It was almost a three-minute scene with uh, Paul Newman talking to a woman with her shirt off. And I'm thinking, but why?
0: There's no attention span for that today. (laughs) Three minutes? Yeah. People would be... Yeah. You've lost them, you know, like... Right, um, right. You know the the famous um, uh, drum beat in that Phil Collins song, In the Air Tonight?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's like two minutes into the song they dropped that beat. Yeah, nobody that. That song put Phil Collins on the map. He had a successful band before that, but that song, and in particular, dropping that beat really kind of took him to a whole other level. But today you could not get people to listen to that song for the first time for two minutes in order to get to that.
1: Yeah. We have a short attention span. You,
0: you need that in the first few seconds or, you know, the first chorus or whatever, like, yep. you could never see that today.
1: A fun fact, by the way, have you ever heard that drum solo beat? There, there's, they've got all these videos where people are tripping and falling and deer, deer getting stuck through a, uh, a play set and, I don't know if you've ever oh, seen wow. those before. I have not. And that's the soundtrack. And it's usually someone tripping and falling. And it's yep. that. Yeah. So that's a great uh, X-Factor collaboration right there.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's almost as great as, say, like, um, the X-Factor podcast and Bottom Gun Coffee.
1: There you go. A great- or
0: the X-Factor podcast and Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce.
1: It's a great combination. Powerful.
0: Which is available at brew.news/mimi. And if you would like your business, if your business is um, in a difficult position due to the pandemic and forces outside of your control, and you'd like to email the show, the X Factor Podcast at gmail.com, send us an email and just let us know, um, you know, what you're going through and, and if we can feature you on on the podcast. We're happy to do that. We are small business supporting other small businesses. There's no strings attached. We're not going to try and hit you up for paid advertising later. This is uh, John and I are um, often referred to as uh, great humanitarians. And um, that's probably the second most popular description that people that a number of people have for us uh, behind the first most popular description that a number of people have for us, which is global icons.
1: Yes, Global Icon. Yes. Like and when
0: I say number of people, that number could be yeah. one,
1: which it could be yeah.
0: Parker. It could be tens of people. <laughs> Who knows how many people? But we are great humanitarians. Uh, we're not, uh, we don't have any strings attached. We're not trying to just uh, make people pity cases or charity cases or just give a handout. We're trying to give a hand up. You know, it's no different than someone talking about our books on their podcast. Right you know, we're just trying small business, helping small business. And, um, you know, if you're a frequent listener to the show, maybe you're a business owner and you'd like to write in about it, go for it. Love to hear what, what what you're going through.
1: Especially, uh, those, you know, small bourbon companies that might be struggling right now. We're, we're, we're here to help.
0: We're here to help. And we could, um, we could do reaction videos where we're, Sipping your bourbon in every single episode of the show, and tasting it, and then our eyes light up. You know, you see a confetti fly out of a confetti cannon in the yeah. background behind us. Um, you know, sound effects, uh,
1: fireworks, applause. What else, John? That's good. Kangaroos hopping around.
0: Kangaroos hopping around. Uh, people in tuxedo t-shirts sipping uh, bourbon with us smiling they had a frown on their face until they sipped and tasted your bourbon then their life got exponentially better wouldn't you want that for our listeners so shout out to uh, bourbon companies if you're looking for you know a sponsor Uh, we do great things and like i said or like parker said we're global icons and great humanitarians
1: bingo and what do we
0: want people to do, John? We got to put a lid on this bad boy, don't we?
1: Yeah. So thank you for listening to the X Factor podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe down below. If you're on YouTube, you want to subscribe on your famous fa- favorite podcast app. You want to like it. You want to share it. You want to tell your friends about it. You know? We talked about it in one of our episodes that the uh, the power of voice to voice, you know, to to word of mouth communication. Tell your friends about this. Say this about this crazy web, this uh, crazy podcast that is it's about business, about leadership, but it's also about having a little bit of fun.
0: I'm the normal one. He's the (laughs) crazy one. Okay. I'm the voice of reason.
1: We'll let the listeners uh, make the the
0: judgment. Yeah. So. um, Go there, do that. Leave us a voicemail. And um, we're highly caffeinated right now, thanks to our friends at Bottom and Gun Coffee Company. Check them out at bottomguncoffee.com. And you know what pairs really well with coffee? What's that? Pasta sauce. Yes. I eat Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce. Check them out. Shout out to Alexis Wheeler at Mimi's Gourmet Pasta Sauce. And the easy link to find them, be in the show notes. It's also brew.news Mimi. That's the show. That's it. Take care. Thank you.